Mary the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will see if in the third segment we can open up the phone lines and get some calls. Uh, we'll just see. Uh, we don't know. But uh, we're scheduled to have Pastor John MacArthur on with us in the next segment to talk about what is going on with Grace Community Church. Uh, the most recent information that I'm reading now is that um, the church and Pastor MacArthur are um, facing a $20,000 fine um, for simply meeting, <laughs> for simply doing what is uh, faithful. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how yeah. I would describe it. And uh-huh. so... We're going to have a little bit of a conversation around that. And um, our focus here will be, I think, yes. And, and well, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are some political implications here. But as you and I like to focus and really kind of drive home, our concern is for the body of Christ. So right. we are looking at the biblical basis for our the way we operate. You mm-hmm. know, the church has a government in and of itself. The Lord has assigned it, has has ordered it, right? Yeah. And so the question for us and, and will be the basis for every follow-up question that we ask will be what is our biblical support for the position that we take in culture? This has always got to be our question. It's it's not about whether or not this is politically expedient. Mm-hmm. And and this is not about politicizing the church. Right. And, and I, I hate that we've kind of gotten lost in that. This is... This question is bigger. Well, bigger, man, that's a shabby word. This question <laughs> is more eternal than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it is what does the Lord require of his church? And as you and I have been discussing, um, what does the Lord require of those who oversee his church? And I think it's the body of Christ's uh, uh, responsibility to not let issues like this get politicized. That's you right. Know? Like that's we right. shouldn't allow that to happen. We should always yes. turn it back to the scriptures. I agree. I agree. And that's that's exactly what we'll do today. Um, Something else for us to put on our desk as we spread out all of our papers for the discussion today. Right. (laughs) Something else for us to put on our desk um, is that recently um, more than twenty seven hundred evangelicals have um, signed on to a statement that is called a Christian statement on science for pandemic times. And there are a few um, names of Christians, evangelicals who have signed on to this statement. And there really seem to be five calls to action, if you can sum it all up. But I think the statement itself is important. And so I want to submit into evidence (laughs) Mm. before we start our discussion for some background (laughs) that there are Christians who, well, they would be signers of this statement. And so presumably... Um, there would be Christians who would not necessarily sign this statement, but might share the sentiment of this statement. And essentially what this statement does is, uh, and I'll just give, for example, Timothy Dalrymple, 
um, who is the president and CEO of Christianity Today, is one of the signers, N.T. Wright, a researcher for Oxford, um, Ken Blackwell, one of the signers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I say that just so that as, a, as we work through it, I want you mm-hmm. to understand that um, it's a combination of evangelicals, or as this article says, high-profile evangelicals, and um, <laughs> <laughs> which, what is that? You know uh, what I mean? You need to go talk like, to I James. Could, no, uh, right. <laughs> or, or the Apostle Paul, whatever they were, makes no difference to me. Remember how he said that? He's yeah. like, <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyways. Um, and he anyway, those who seem to be something, but were whatever, they, it makes no difference to me. That's that's Paul. Right. That's what he said. Right. Um, so anyway, I think that way when I read things like that. But I think we're probably in the minority. Will the great. I think most people yeah. are like, ooh, high profile. Who are they? Like we, we probably. <laughs> We probably don't make sense to people. It's just, I mean, if you if you look at it, not even the Apostle Paul was enamored by what, quote unquote, he should have been enamored by. Right. And he anchored. How did he anchor that um, when he's writing to the Galatians? He's saying whatever they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. So in other words, it makes no difference to me because it makes no difference to God. Exactly. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Right. And yeah. so that's eternal. It's not just for the Galatians. That's for us today. Anyway, more than 2,700 high-profile evangelicals um, have signed on to this statement. And I want to get through as much of this as I can before we talk to Pastor MacArthur, because I think it's, it's interesting to note that, you know, if you tend to agree with a person, you may be, you may be tempted to think that everybody agrees with you. Right. And so that there's no, contention or that there's no conflict but really there is conflict within Mm. the christian community Mm -hmm. right now about how we operate in the midst of covid there is some conflict there you know there are accusations that are attached to the conflict right you don't care about people (laughs) you you are burying your head in the sand you are denying the science you're a science denier you know all of these things right and i think that this statement kind of speaks to that just a little bit so here's how the statement starts and we'll bounce around um, I'll, I'll share a, a, a few of the paragraphs here and in Mickey fashion with a little bit of pushback, you know, just, I mean, just a little bit, like just maybe I'll, I'll phrase my pushback in the form of questions. How about that? Well, there you go. And then ultimately, um, ultimately we get to the calls to action. Okay. And I, and I think that the calls to action sometimes are really indicative of what the the thrust of the statement is yeah right even with all the information yeah. in the statement it's like this the, is what y'all we, we want y'all to do like this is yes. what y'all should do and this <laughs> is and 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 i would say and essentially and so this is what this is all about really right which you know i'm grateful that people can write you know <laughs> but i'm like if you just put the calls to action we know what you're about because <laughs> that's what you ultimately want yeah. right everything right. else is sort of like the building of your case. All right. 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 So here is how this statement starts off and which by the way, you know, we put links in our show notes. So I'll put a link to the statement. You can read it for yourself. I'll put a link to the original story. You can also read that for yourself, but this is really interesting. So here we go. And I'm going to have to go quickly because I'm looking at the time here. Um, We, the undersigned join together as Christians who uphold the authority of God's word and see science as a tool to understand God's world. We call on all Christians to follow the advice of public health experts and support scientists doing critical biomedical research on COVID-19. We are deeply concerned about the polarization and politi- politi- 
polarization. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. That word always <laughs> trips me up just to say it, especially following polarization. Yeah. Man, why put those back to back? They're like, because we're smart. Um, <laughs> politicization of science. <laughs> That's why they didn't ask me to sign it. In the public square, when so many lives are at stake, the word science has become a weapon in the culture wars. Mm. Okay. Scientists are vilified and their findings ignored while conspiracy theories go viral. <laughs> this is this is the slow buildup, right? Sadly, Christians seem just as susceptible to these trends. Thoughtful Christians may disagree on public policy in response to the coronavirus. But none of us should ignore clear, clear scientific evidence. Mm -hmm. It's appropriate for Christians to be skeptical of claims made by scientists who speak outside of their area of expertise. We firmly reject claims that science has somehow shown God does not exist or faith is mere superstition. So I'm going to move I'm going to move past this paragraph here because what they're basically saying is that where science conflicts with what we know to be true about God, we should reject it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that they said that. Well, let me include this. They say um, in the statement, they write, we lament the times when science and medicine have been misused to perpetuate atrocities like the racist Tuskegee experiments. Mm. But Christians should listen to scientists and doctors when they speak in their area of expertise, especially when millions of lives are at stake. I'll just I'm just going to continue. OK, so this this statement here signed by more than 2,700 high-profile evangelicals, okay? God can do miracles of healing, but God also uses doctors and scientists to bring healing. I don't disagree with that. Right. I don't disagree with that at all. Before Jonas Salk discovered his vaccine, polio killed 350,000 people a year, most of them children. Now, let me pause for a second. Um, so f as a Christian, so when I read that, I go, okay, yeah, that's true, mm -hmm. but Jonas Salk also didn't patent his vaccine in 1955. He, he, he also didn't seek any profit from his vaccine mm -hmm. in 1955. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm, I'm going to say also that he did not culture his vaccine on aborted fetal tissue in 1955. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Right. I might be wrong about that. Someone can fact check me on that and tell me if I'm wrong about that. But I'm just going to go out on a limb. When you have right now vaccines that are being developed right now, vaccines that are being developed that are using kidney tissue from a child aborted in 1972. Man. I'm going to re-put that link in the stories for today because we need to see it again. This We covered this story on the show. It's. This this is scientific. OK, science. I'm, I'm not trying to personify science, but <laughs> if you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, science. This this is what is going. You can't ask Christians mm. to set that knowledge aside and say we have no conflict. Like, you know what I mean? Like we mm -hmm. do. We, we there's a, there's a there's a there's a conflict there. There's a conflict of conscience there. That is a right one, I think. So anyway, in the interest of time. I'll jump down to the bottom because they get to the calls to action, right? So this is the statement that more than 2,700 high-profile evangelicals have signed on to as it pertains to COVID. Okay. Um, number one, and I'm, I'm numbering these. They don't number them. Okay. okay. So maybe they're not in any particular order for them, but this is the first one that you read. Wear masks. Okay. 
This statement says, wear masks in indoor public spaces and follow other physical distancing rules given by public health officials. And they reference um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, hmm. which is where we are to be subject to governing authorities. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think it, I, it would be fair for me to say that through, throughout this statement that it is riddled with scriptural references here. So it's not just separated from any attempts at a biblical defense. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, disregard that at all. Okay. Um, I will tell you that I will use that Bible passage when we talk to pastor MacArthur, because I do have some questions about understanding how that is to be genuinely applied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, get vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. This is the statement that the evangelical Christians are signing on to and saying, this is our position. Like this is, we believe that we are not at war with science. I don't believe that um, discriminating against vaccines. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that saying I am not injecting that into my body mm-hmm. is being anti-science. Right. I don't even think it's being anti-vaccine. I think it's being anti what they're concocting today and in- injecting it into people. Well, that's I mean, I and that statement says when a safe and effective vaccine is available. So I guess they're like, you don't have to get it initially, but you need to yeah. get it when, you know. Yeah, and but then you know you always have to say, okay, and then who who's the keeper of that definition? That's true. Safe and effective. Who yeah. who 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 decides that? Right. Okay. Number three, mm-hmm. correct misinformation. Hmm. It's amazing to me that do you remember our reading the statement that came from the Asian um, Christian community that was a newly started up group in the midst of COVID that re- was uh, rejecting the discrimination and all of these mm-hmm. things that were happening in the church all of a sudden out of nowhere, right? This coalition. Um, it's very similar here. The calls to action. Number four, work for justice. Hmm. Work for justice for communities who have suffered the most deaths from COVID-19. What injustice is there? Like, is is it like COVID is like law enforcement and you personify it that it is uniquely targeting communities? And we need to do the justice work for that? I don't know. Hmm. Do you see? I'm, yeah, I'm like, wait, not- what? And then number five, because every group of Christians has to, you know, adhere to this. Pray. You need to pray. (laughs) I would have put that as number one. It should be. Especially when you follow it up with all of this. I need I need prayer going in. (laughs) All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. imagine that um, if it were a similar time that maybe the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having left um, the Galatian region, right, and and their stop back at Antioch, 
on their way to Jerusalem for the Jerusalem Council that they would have they would have done an interview just to say what was going on with the Judaizers. <laughs> I just imagine that they would have checked in and they would have said, yeah, we want to say something about that. You know, these guys are wrong. They're upsetting people, right? <laughs> and so uh, anyway, welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Phil Wickham, Living Hope. Our guest uh, in this segment is Pastor John MacArthur, who is the pastor, teacher, overseer, <laughs> and boy, <laughs> if ever there was a need, right? We need faithful overseers of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. And um, the church community is watching what is happening in yeah. California for a number of reasons. Um, for the Addisons, of course, we are watching because we see what Pastor MacArthur is doing mm-hmm. as uh, protecting the flock mm-hmm. and, and really guarding the church. And and so, of course, there is a political aspect of this. But our question is always, what is our biblical basis for mm-hmm. the position that we take in culture? And that's what we want to discuss today so that everyone is equipped to give a defense and a reason um, for why they are operating the way they're operating in culture today. Pastor MacArthur, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Good to be with you both. So um, everyone's watching. And I think at this point, you know, there are a lot of bits and pieces that people have been able to put together. Um, We appreciate your peaceful protests, mostly peaceful protests. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for holding those. Um, But can you give our listeners a timeline um, of what has happened um, with your congregation and how we've arrived at where we are now, where we're looking at $20,000 in fines? Well, Miki, um, I, I want to tell you something. Um, today there was um, a hearing before a judge in Los Angeles who said that the county had no right to fine us for anything because there did not exist a court order. So mm. we are not in violation of any court order. Mm. So the fine was removed by the judge. And okay. the judge also said that you can't go through any process that would put on them any uh, any court order for the coming Sunday. And he said, you are the only church in California who can meet indoors freely. So they have tried <laughs> three, times, three times in court to shut us down. And after the third time, the judge even asked the lawyer from the county, why are you doing this? You're back with mm-hmm. the same request, and it's not granted. There is no contempt of court because there is no standing court order and mm. you can't you can't add one between now and next Sunday so they, the church can meet this coming Sunday this is a this thing is changing every time we turn around wow. yes uh, because the judges uh, this was a Democrat judge the first one was a Republican judge <laughs> they're just saying the county is out of line in what they're asking and we're holding on to September 4th when there will be a full hearing that will be the argument that we have constitutional protection to meet and that the COVID issue does not create a real emergency that would void the constitutional freedom to worship. Hmm. Okay, man, this is great. Like, we are rejoicing with you over this because, again, when you read this information, it's one of those situations where you kind of take a step back. And I think I think faithful pastors and overseers of churches all across this country are looking at this and trying to determine what may or may not be on the horizon for Mm -hmm. them as they attempt to shepherd the flock. I Mm -hmm. mean, because that's what we're talking about. Um, am I understanding correctly that they wanted to bring in like health inspectors and make sure that you guys were um, abiding by certain rules and regulations and that you guys refuse that? Or is that not true? 
Well, what is true is that they sent us uh, about an inch thick list of requirements that essentially would shut the church down completely. Mm. Um, it, it was so bizarre. Um, I'll give you the most ridiculous one of all was that anyone at church who got within six feet of any other person, adult or child, for more than 15 minutes had to go into quarantine for two weeks. Wow. So Whoa. that meant nobody could get closer than six feet. They also said you have to park in every other space in the parking lot so nobody gets close. There's no hugging. There's no shaking hands. There's no singing. Everybody has to have a mask and maintaining social distance. That's about, what, six or eight out of 50 requirements that they laid down. People have to give their name and address, make a reservation to come, have their temperature taken when they arrive. Oh, my goodness. As soon as it's over, they have to immediately exit, and they have to exit distance from each other. So it basically was a shutdown. Um, There was no possibility, and they know that. They said, would you be willing, the first judge said, would you be willing for a few weeks to follow at least a couple of things, like social distancing as best you could and wearing a mask? And we said, for three weeks, if we can meet indoors, if those are the only constraints, we'll be willing willing to figure out how to do that. And Mm -hmm. they rushed to an appellate court to have that thrown out because they wouldn't even grant us that. They, the county wants a complete shutdown and they keep losing in the court (laughs) on that level. And the longer the court pushes this off, the less significant any kind of COVID issue is. Right now, the health director said there is one death per 100,000 people. That means you have a 99.99999 chance of surviving COVID. So the idea that people are dying from COVID just doesn't fly. Our people know that. You know, we complied with a sort of a live stream only for maybe four weeks. And then our people didn't believe the narrative anymore. So they started coming back. They said, hey, pastor's preaching. The doors of the auditorium are open. Let's just go back. And so we had dozens and then we had hundreds and then we had thousands and they just kept coming back. We didn't say anything official. They uh, they didn't buy the narrative. They calculated that uh, there was no reason to fear the flu or the virus, but they wanted to be in their church, and this is where they want to be. They came back with joyful hearts and singing their, their heads off, and it's just been incredible to see this. <laughs> an, an adult decision. So last Sunday we said kids haven't had Sunday school for five months. That's That's a terrible tragedy. And we, we have four and a half hours of training for kids every Sunday. So last Sunday was Kids Sunday. We had a thousand little kids come back. Wonderful. We had balloons. We had lollipops everywhere. We weren't trying to hide. <laughs> and we said, if you're going to shut us down, you're going to have to go through the kids. <laughs> we had an incredible Sunday last week. And they're coming back this week again. The, the families yes. are not afraid. Uh, they're, they're doing what's in their hearts to do. Wow. Amen. Amen. And most importantly, they are being taught in the word. They're being trained in the scriptures. And mm-hmm. and speaking of the word of God, Brother John, I just when we look at the scriptures, we see that the Lord has instituted um authority for the church, that the mm-hmm. church has a government, if you will, the way that it functions. And so we've always existed in this tension that we are a excuse the expression, a government within a government, right? So when you look at what is happening with your church right now, I am sure that there are Christians who have questions about 
okay, are we submitting to the governing authorities that are around us? Where is the conflict as you observe it? Or is, is there anything that your posture would, in your posture, I should say, that would suggest that you guys are going against the scriptures? Yeah, it's really a great question. If you look at Romans 13, it says that um, the powers that be, powers that be, are uh, ordained by God, and that those powers are seen as ministers of God for the for the protection of those who do good and as a terror to those who do evil, and they don't carry a sword for nothing. So this is government weaponized, and a sword was used for capital punishment, and we know the Bible authorizes capital punishment in Genesis 9, and even Jesus said to Peter, if you if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So mm-hmm. the, the force that is being basically indicated in Romans 13 are those who have the power of the law to punish and protect. That is the police. And what is fascinating about that is we have an incredibly strong relationship with the police. We have many, many police uh, families in our church. We've done police training here for years. Just last week, we had the police, along with the chiefs, here for training in our facilities. And uh, there was a memo that was released a couple of days ago in the police department, internal memo, and it said, with regard to the county's interests with Grace Community Church, the police, and it said this in uppercase letters, shall not be used for any enforcement. Mm. So basically, the chief said to me, there is no scenario in which the police will come and take any action against Grace Community Church. We deal with violations of law, not with uh, governor mandates or health orders. So it basically told the county they would have to find another way to impose anything on us. The police wouldn't be a part of it. So the interesting thing is they're the governing authority, and they're on our side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're now not what at a- odds with them. Okay, and so what about um, 1 Peter chapter 2, which seems to suggest more of the government aspect of submitting to what has been instituted by God? Um, it seems that the Apostle Peter would, you know, say the emperor, the governors who, who come, you know, to do their bidding, so to speak. Uh, is there any conflict in your posture and that mandate from the Word of God? No, th- there's no there's no reason to resist that until it goes directly counter to the will of Christ, who is the head of his church. Amen. That's Acts 4 and 5. You must obey uh, God rather than men. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when it comes mm-hmm. to that. So, so you know, it, it's a pretty simple way to understand it would be to say this. We understand and we affirm that fathers have authority. Fathers are given authority in the family, mm-hmm. and the Bible would indicate that a wife is to submit to that loving authority, and children are also to submit to that loving authority. But Amen. if a father said to his wife, I, I want you to go sell yourself as a prostitute to make money for the family, or a father said to his daughter, you know, you're sort of a tomboy. I think you ought to put on boys' clothes and behave mm-hmm. in a transgender fashion. Or anything like that, you would say, whoa, wait a minute. Right. That, 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 that is exceeding any purpose for fatherly authority. The father is to be the protector of his family. He's the one who leads them in the direction of what is good and noble and right and beneficial. And if he acts like that, nobody would expect his children or his wife to behave in a sinful, 
perverse way mm. because the father That's told right. them to. And when the govern when the governor says you can't have church, but all the abortion clinics are over, mm. come on, are open. Look, he's protecting those who do evil and punishing those who do good. That's true. That's you right. have 364 abortions a day in California, 140,000 a year. And that's that's going full blast, but you can't go to church. That leader has forfeited any moral authority, and we can't follow his lead because he is not a terror to those who do evil. He's a terror to those who do good. Mm. So in that sense, we obey God rather than men. He's not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is. And when he says the church is not essential, shut it down, <laughs> we say we have another king, and uh, he tells us to meet. Amen. 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 No, that's great. That's go good. ahead, Will the Great. Now, I want to uh, go back to what uh, you were saying about the, the, the members coming back, you know, on their own. And so you as an overseer in, in your eldership, when that began to happen uh, in, in your meetings, are there any pushback and saying, ah, oh, we can't have them come? Like, how does how does that play out? You know, because <laughs> I, I know even on the outside, there will, pe- there will be people that will look at this and say, oh, they don't really care about their church because they're letting the people come in in the midst of all of this that's going on. So when that began to happen, what was the, the meetings like, you know, as far as what we should do going forward? You know, we didn't say anything publicly, Will. We just, um, we just I, I showed up to preach and, and people came. And mm. then more people came and more people came. And they came because they weren't afraid because they didn't believe the narrative. Mm-hmm. They knew way back then that 8,500 people supposedly had died with COVID. We don't mm-hmm. know what those numbers Come really on. are. Yeah. That's right. 8,500 out of 40 million people in California. So, and they knew that this thing was, and there was chaos and confusion. So they, they knew that it wasn't real science, that they weren't afraid. They just started coming back on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized the same thing, that, I couldn't affirm the deception that, that was part of the government's narrative. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a truth teller. Mm-hmm. And wh- whenever, whenever I'm in a position of leadership, I want to tell the truth, not only about the Word of God, but even about life. I, I want to I help my people navigate. And, and I, I knew that the fear needed to be relieved because the, mm-hmm. the idea that millions were going to die just wasn't true. Yeah. Uh, people were aware of the fact that they were healthy. They didn't know anybody that was sick. Nobody in our church had been sick. Nobody still to this day has been sick and in the hospital from our church, and we have thousands of people. So they started coming back, and, and we just let them come, and, and they were so thrilled. They were rejoicing mm-hmm. with each other. Fellowship began to spread, and they just kept coming. And all, all we said you know, was things like, you know, welcome to the Grace Community Peaceful Protest. Uh, <laughs> John MacArthur, the overseer, man, and, and in every sense of the word, Grace Community Church there in California, 
Can anything good come out of California? Well, I say, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Pastor MacArthur. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate yeah, your you. posture and this encouragement that it is to the body of Christ. We're going to grab the break, and we'll be right back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Stay right there. It's airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. This just in, like seriously, and this is why I should not check email during the show because if I we would have this a lot, right? But our brother Abe just sent this email to us. You remember what we were talking about yesterday, Will the Great, <laughs> talking about um, teachers tweeting that their classroom environment has been compromised. Yes. Right? They're, the destabilization work that they do in racism and homophobia and transphobia has been compromised because of remote schooling and parents being able to hover. Okay? Um, so our brother Abe just sent us a story. Um, Rutherford County Schools, I believe this is in Tennessee. Rutherford County Schools tell parents not to monitor their child's virtual classrooms. Hmm. Parents of <laughs> students who attend Rutherford County Schools must agree not to monitor their child's online classroom sessions. Officials at all county schools are asking parents to sign forms wow. agreeing not to watch these virtual classes. Sign forms. It's according to the Tennessee Star. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Storybots. But like, why? <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like, but why? What? What's the? What's the purpose of that? Like, what? I, I really, I want someone to under. Okay, here, here, I want someone to help me understand. We're gonna open the phone lines up here in just a second. I'll give you the number. You can start getting queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I want a teacher. Um. I want, to I want a teacher that I should trust to call. <laughs> and people are like, well, how do we know who you should trust? I'll tell you. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I want a teacher to give me a legitimate reason why parents should sign a form that <laughs> says they cannot watch the virtual classes. Man. That's that's like, amazing. I, want, I really want to, you know. I, yeah, I, want, I would like now, to hear that too. Like why? Like because maybe there's something we're not thinking. Right. Now, I, look, I am a teacher. Okay, <laughs> I am a teacher. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have not been in a setting where I have felt like I don't want the kids' parents there. Right? Like I homeschooled kids when I was in college. I I I did I did that for pay. Yeah. I I mean I I I don't understand. I, I'm trying to think. Like I I mean I liked when the parents came into the schoolroom to see what their kids were learning and, 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 and to see me teach. I'm a good teacher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like I want, you know, I just, so what I would like, I really would like, I would like a teacher to tell me a legitimate reason why parents should not be able to observe what their kids are learning via virtual school, virtual classes. Like I, I just, I, cause maybe there's something that I'm not thinking about that I have not considered, but I just would like to know. And I don't always want to go to the darkest place first. Um, although the, the tweet that came from the teacher yesterday that we were talking about, um, that's the darkest place revealed. Like hmm. he, he's saying we're not going to be able to engage in the type of basically indoctrination. He calls yeah. it destabilization mm. of racism, homophobia, and transphobia. 
but it presupposes that the kids come to them with a basis already in place, right? With a foundation already in place mm -hmm. that needs to be broken up. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a stronger case for wanting to be in the in the room when your kid is learning this. Man, I would make it my business to like like you know I want to know why you don't want me to that that I <laughs> mean that would make me want to like I I, I yeah. have to see you know yeah. I yeah that's doesn't yeah. make any sense I don't know yeah. so I'm curious though but the phone lines are open you can comment on anything that we've talked wow. about today um eight 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 five. Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Will the Great? Where shall we go? All right, we look like we have a couple of teachers. Uh, let's go to Tom oh, okay. in Texas. Hi, Tom. Hi. Hello. So, um, I teach, and I will have to say that uh, I would love parents to watch my lessons. <laughs> I encourage I them all the time to come in and do that. And here's the only thing I will say: this is my fourth career. I'm 55 now, okay. and I became a teacher five years ago. You want to change classrooms? Christians, become teachers. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's good. Okay. No, that's, that's good, Tom. Let me tell you, I, look, I believe that to become a teacher, especially, well, well let me say this in, in context of what we're talking about. To become a teacher in public school is missions work. Man, it is. It is missions work. You are sent. And let me tell you, you as a fully grown adult, mm -hmm. having been well acquainted with the scriptures and fully indoctrinated, mm -hmm. are equipped to be an ambassador sent. I guess You my, are ready to go. I guess my question would be, would they make teachers who are Christians teach this stuff that we talk about on the show all the time? Like, it seemed like the curriculum mandates that you teach this or I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe you don't have to. I don't know. But it seems like at some at some point it gets to a point where it's like, I'm not teaching that. that and then what you do, what do you do? I think that's what we're approaching. And, and I think that um, the teachers that you hear from are saying that they have to find ways to get around it. Uh -huh. They personally have to find ways to get around it, that the default is here's the curriculum here is what must be taught. I mean, think about it. When our textbooks are altered mm -hmm. um, and we are just going through the lessons, you know, that's what has. To, so that's why I think we need teachers like Tom and probably some of the others that are queued up that we're going to talk to today who understand what is at stake yeah. and who the Lord gives wisdom to so that they understand how and what they can and cannot do and should do. Despite what is in place, if people understand what I'm saying. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but Bible smugglers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using that as a euphemism, just like I'm just saying. Okay. Um. Anyways, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right. Uh, looks like another teacher. Kelly in Mississippi. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hello. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Well, um, I would like to just say that um, I, like the former caller, would uh, welcome them. Um, the only time I would not want them to watch is if they can't be quiet. <laughs> Yes, that's what I was thinking. They're going to be answering the, the questions for their child, and that's a problem. Um, other than that, as far as what's happening uh, in the, the Tennessee, I would say, look, that's not going to change unless parents push back. Right. Because mm. they don't listen to us teachers. They don't really care what we think. Mm. And he is absolutely right when he says that Christians need to, be, need to become teachers because, 
that's the only way that it's going to change. And then to uh, follow up, if they try to make me teach something like that, I'll just lose my job because mm. I'm not doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, God Kelly. bless you, Kelly. Appreciate that. You know, yeah. our, our, um, our teaching pastor at our church, um, and, and I, I say this seriously, and not to always be, you know, using this as an example is not to set this as a standard, and I want to be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the things that Abe has been driving home for the past several months, right? That we are, we are here, this is the time that we are in, where us just living as faithful Christians may cost us our jobs, may cost yeah. us our livelihoods. Yeah. We, we are here. And I think that every pastor and overseer really needs to be putting in the hard work to consider that, one, two, to prepare the body of Christ for that. Because unlike Kelly, who we just spoke to, there are many people who have not arrived at that conviction yet. They're yeah. just, they don't, I, I don't know if I have enough faith to lose my job. You know, God mm. bless the Christians who understand that the Lord is their source and that we must obey God. We must submit to him first and foremost. But the reality is that not many Christians um, understand that or feel that as a weighty enough conviction to take that same position that our sister just just spoke about. Yeah. And And I mean, that's just reality. Well, the great we're next. All right. Let's go to Joe in Kansas. Hi, Joe. Hey, brother Will. Hello. So uh, on that subject, I'm a, I'm a, I was a, I was an airborne ranger for, for 10 years. And then I was a cop for almost 10 years. Both I got hurt during doing, but I'm a pastor now. And and I got to say that number one, what the last lady said is because she has a a great amount of faith Hmm. and, and it's about our faith. And so and if we if we look at the scriptures, anything really done in secret other than prayer is probably deception and, and a problem. Mm. And so mm. if 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 I have you come to my church and you go, hey, I want to see what my kids are getting taught, it, it's quite open. You know, I'd be like, hey, go downstairs, go see what's going on with the kids in the mm-hmm. children's church, because because it's going to be the same thing that's taught out of the Bible upstairs, except for, you know, on a children's level. Mm -hmm. And why do I have anything to hide? Right. So if I got something to hide, the other thing is it's your responsibility as the parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you guys homeschooled. Um, We homeschooled since uh, my 23 year old was, was a baby basically. And uh, she ended Mm -hmm. up going to two Bible colleges and being a straight A student. And everybody says, Oh, there's a problem socially and everything. Well, no, there's not. (laughs) And the thing is, is it, you know, she is a she's a conservative, um, God fearing, God loving uh, young lady. And my oh, other two children, so actually, all three of my children, if they if they didn't do the ministry, they wouldn't know what to do. And so <laughs> I don't see any problem with that. And if 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 these uh, these government officials want to take our children and turn them into, let's be honest, children of Satan. And mm. we have to stand up and we have to check. And if, if we're Christians that don't homeschool, then we need to be involved in our children's education yeah. for sure. That's right. Yep. You know, because we have to watch, we have to watch what's going on. I yeah. mean, that's right. you know, right. they're just trying to steal Man. our kids and, and it's, no. a, it's a crime. Yeah, you're right. It's true. Right, and, and listen, you know, there was a time, thanks so much to our brother, Joe, there was a time when people would have said that to even express that 
It is just hyperbole, like to express that you are unnecessarily upsetting people. But now those who seek the hearts and the minds of our children are revealing themselves Mm -hmm. like they are saying this is what we're doing. And the input or the oversight of the parents is getting in the way. It's absolutely getting in the way. I will say this and we'll go back to the phone lines. It is so important for parents to know that you have to work hard. You have to work hard. You're going to work hard one way or the other. It's either going to be working hard and home educating your kid, or it's going to be working hard and being involved in what you what is going on if they're educated outside of your home. Either way it goes, there's no easy path to the end of this, right? Mm. Like, you're going to have to work hard. That's Will the right. Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Ray in North Carolina. Hi, Ray. Hi, how you doing? All right. Hey, I love you guys' show. I don't always agree with everything, but most things I agree with. But what, I love your show. Well, thank you. That's healthy. Hey, uh, That's so healthy. <laughs> uh, I just want to say about the school thing. Uh, you know, I, my wife and daughter are teachers, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, right now they're doing. My daughter's doing it over the internet, and mm-hmm. uh, she does first grade, so it's going to be hard anyway. And. Uh, <laughs> She has 17 kids, and maybe five of them pay attention. And uh, to say a school district is going to say to ask parents to sign something to say they won't oversee their kids uh, is just a more of an example of of the devil trying to keep parents away from their children and, and training their children the way they should go. And and it's been going on for a long time, and it's it, prophecy fulfilling itself, really, of, of right being wrong and wrong being mm. right. Yes. And, yes, that's so true. And, and this really is a time for Christians to shine. Mm. Uh, uh, and I'm speaking to myself as well, that I should be doing more myself uh, to show our faith in action. Amen. Uh, uh, so I'll just leave it at that. And thank you. I, I thank really you, Ray. Appreciate your show. Thank you. We Ray. appreciate you. Thank you so much for calling in. Let's try to squeeze in one, maybe two more calls. Will the great? Let's see. Let's go to uh, Scott in Louisiana. Hi, Scott. Well, good afternoon. A uh, quick couple quick comments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think secular education is part of the world system, and I, I mean, I grew up in it. I, I was raised by two teachers. I'm married to a teacher, and of course, I spent many years learning from teachers. But when you go back to the parental system, um, it was used to be when I was a kid, you needed a permission slip to go like on a field trip. Mm-hmm. Then it became, well, we need parental permission for this, that, and the other. Then you had allergies show up, the other things. Pretty soon you're getting parental notification. Subtle shift, subtle change. And now you're getting, hey, y'all don't pay attention to any of this. Um, and I think it's been a slow, subtle shift, but how does Satan work? And uh, the only way we can recognize the subtleties of deception and confusion is by knowing the truth. And we really have to know the truth. And I compliment you guys for the work you do in Scripture so that you can prepare to present Scripture. And my last comment is we have the antidote. Mm -hmm. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we're not sharing it with people, we're just complaining. Mm -hmm. And we're not being used of God the way he would have us be used 
while we're here, because that's why he left me here, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's the only way the blinders can fall off of the eyes of the people that are blinded by deception. Amen. Amen. Brother Scott, I think we got to leave it right there. I think yeah. that is a great place for us to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you for your comments. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your encouragement to the body of Christ at large. All right. Well, we're out of time. Certainly enjoyed um, having Pastor John MacArthur on with us. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.